Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Praying for America, where we gather together Christians and patriots from coast to coast and pray for this great country, recommit ourselves to defending it, and rooting ourselves in the biblical principles on which it was founded. Here we not only comment on the news, we pray over the news, and we pray for you. So as we go forward with the program, let us know that you're here. Let us know where you're from. Let us know how we can pray for you today. And we'll include those intentions in the prayers we, we pray for America. Before I go into the scripture and opening prayer for tonight, I want to introduce our special guest. He's a longtime ally and friend in the pro-life effort. He's the Director and President of Operation Rescue, and his name is Troy Newman. Uh, Troy, welcome to the program. Always great to be here with you, Frank. And you are here because we have a meeting today, tomorrow, uh, Friday and Saturday, with some of our colleagues in the pro-life uh, leadership. It's going to be an exciting few days. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's always been fantastic to be able to collaborate with fellow pro-life leaders across the spectrum of what we do in the pro-life movement, from activists, prayer warriors, political uh, pundits, and so forth, lawmakers, et cetera. So these are always good and, and very productive. They uh, are. You know, we could never have overturned Roe versus Wade in a span of 49 years without meeting such as this. So I appreciate you and your sponsorship sponsorship and leadership over the many yes, years. Yes, thank you. And it brings together the different facets of the pro-life movement, like you said, many different types of work mm-hmm. and, uh, all, all, and yet all working for the same purpose. Well, friends, let's look at that purpose from the viewpoint of the Word of God. We want to read a passage here from the book of Proverbs, going to chapter 6 and starting with verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Let us pray. Father, we pray for America tonight. We pray for those in leadership, both in government and in the church and in the pro-life movement. Uh, We pray that you would bestow your spirit upon us in even more abundance, that we may detest the things that you detest, that we may refrain from the things that you hate, and that we may do, promote, celebrate, and defend the things that you love, starting, Lord God, with life itself. Help us, bless us, give us wisdom, especially as we enter into the 2024 election cycle and enable us to support those who will truly save this nation. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So I've been, we always talk on this program about politics and the elections and what the people of God have to do. And you and I have entered into that arena as well. (laughs) And I remember back in, um, well, when the election of 2016 uh, was was starting up, um, people were, you know, not so sure about Donald Trump. And and yet you and I were among the first leaders to get behind him, weren't we? Tell us about that and why you got Well, you might remember that I co-founded the Center for Medical Progress. And right before the election cycle, literally as God willed it, 
a three-and-a-half-year investigation into Planned Parenthood selling baby body parts had culminated, and on July 14, 2015, we released the first video of Deborah Nucatola talking about how she's dissecting these babies, as she's crunching on salad, sipping her wine, saying that it's okay to sell babies' brains, livers, uh, skin, hair follicles, etc. It was just... It was so disturbing that it rocked the nation. Mm -hmm. And then I looked around and I said, who's running for president and who is running from this issue and who is running to this issue to save innocent babies? Uh Now, initially, I was a Ted Cruz fan. Okay. I mean, uh, we go way back to his first senatorial election cycle. I loved the guy. I sat on his uh, pro-life leader award, whatever it is that, you know, uh, the, the steering commission for his campaign. Yes. But a friend of mine in Laguna Beach, Peter French, he said to me, uh, you got to watch this guy, Donald Trump. And I said, I've seen him over the years. He's interesting. He says, no, he just walked down the elevator and he announced his speech. And I got it up on, on YouTube. So he pulls it up on YouTube. And I said, well, I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. But give me five minutes. And five minutes turned into whatever it was, an hour and a half speech. Yeah. And I said, this guy is bringing people together. The verses that you just read from Proverbs that uh, God hates people who sow discord among the brethren. Yeah. The opposite are true. God blesses the people that, that bring people together. Mm-hmm. And so people of like mind, I saw Lutherans and Catholics and Presbyterians and, uh, and, and bikers yes. and farmers and city people and people on the coast and people in the middle rallying behind uh, then candidate Trump mm. because he was saying things that resonated in our hearts. And he never shied away from the issue of killing innocent children. In right. fact, he was very outspoken against the videos or what was taking place in the videos that we released. And I said, this guy has my ear, mm-hmm. he has uh, my heart, and he has my vote. Yeah, that was, a, it was an awesome time. And uh, yeah, I remember many, many conversations with people saying, oh, well, why are you supporting him? And, and I think we both had the really the joy looking back on it, really the satisfaction of having lit that same flame in, 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 in many others who mm-hmm. said, yeah, this is the right person for the right time. You right. know, this is the guy we have to get behind. And, you know, when we when talked about the wall, he had, he's got a way, a cadence about him yeah. that he doesn't shy away from things. He, he says, uh, oh, we're going to build a wall. And his detractors said, oh, you can't build a wall. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to build it 10 feet higher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. Oh, and I'm going to make Mexico pay for it. Right, right. So right. Th- but he did the same thing on child killing. And I think it was the first or second debate with Hillary Clinton. He described what was a late-term abortion in the most graphic and true detail mm-hmm. that I've ever heard any presidential candidate, it, actually any candidate, uh, describe. Yeah. And I said, at that moment, he understands the issue and is going to be an advocate for the babies. And, of course, we find out uh, unprecedented three Supreme Court justice nominees in one term, in one term in four years, and that shifted the balance of power in the Supreme Court, and we were able to overturn Roe You know, he, he predicted that that was going to happen. He did. I don't know how many remember. Uh, a question was posed to him in October of 2016, so it was weeks, just weeks before the election, uh, and they asked him, uh, do you want to see Roe versus Wade reversed? And instead of saying yes or no or maybe, what he said was, if I get to put two or three justices on the Supreme Court, the reversal of Roe v. Wade will happen automatically. 
and he hit the nail right on the head. That's right. Three justices, and it happened. Mm -hmm. Why? Why was he so confident? Well, of course, you remember something that no other candidate has ever done. And I'm waiting for, I want to see the Democrats do this too. He gave us a list of right. names. He right. said, if I get to put anyone on the court, I'm going to draw from this list. Right. And he kept his promise. So we knew what to expect. It's the closest thing you can get to voting for Supreme Court justices, right? And 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 yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And the reason he could be so confident in saying that is that he knew he was only going to uh, nominate uh, uh, judges who applied the Constitution as it's written, who would not invent rights out of thin air, which is exactly what they did in Roe v. Wade. That's right. And he was consulting with people who we know personally. Who we know, yeah. People who have represented me in various cases. Yep. And and we so these are trustworthy people. And uh, President Trump always went to other people. He always likes to hire people smarter than him. He doesn't know anything maybe about uh, appointing Supreme Court justice. So he went to people who gets knew the best. about it. He gets the, the best. best yeah. people yeah. are people. Yeah. Christ-like people. That's right. Good pro-life people, constitutional people. And that's what he did. It was really, I like what you said. It was the closest thing we've ever uh, done uh, to uh, vote for a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. I never thought of it that way until you just said that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But imagine a world, imagine the United States of America today, if Hillary Clinton had won and oh had a one-term uh, presidency. The court would be solidly to the left. Well, not just that. Think of all the decisions that they made over yeah. the past four years. That's right. I mean, the gun rights issue, school choice issue, religious liberty, religious yeah. liberty yeah. issues. And these are the major ones. America would have been, in the words of Barack Obama, fundamentally, fundamentally changed That's right. from the foundation uh, up. And we may have lost America for another generation, 30, 40, 50 years. That's right. Oh, yeah, at least. That night was a miraculous night, that election of 2016. I remember Jerry Horn, you know, mutual friend of ours, colleague, um, texting me as those results were coming in. And, 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 he, and one of his texts was, this is going to be the United States of a miracle. <laughs> that <laughs> That's what great. happened that night. It no, was it, was, it was great. We... We watched it till the wee hours of the in the of the morning, and I too was getting text messages, probably from Jerry as well. You know, yeah. we I I don't know. I think it was at two or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was around two two twenty. Where where the text like we won, we won. Yeah, it was before that. I was like, I think we might win. We have yeah. a chance. We're getting we have, close. We, there's an opportunity. Yeah. We're getting close. Oh my gosh, we just won. They just called Virginia. Or they just called Pennsylvania. Or whatever it was, and they just called that. And and then the flow of text messages. We were celebrating. Uh, over the airwaves via text and phone calls, two, three, four, or five o'clock in the morning. And one of the things that 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 Donald J. Trump was doing during those very hours, well, once it became clear that he had won, he was on the phone with one of his pastors, one of the spiritual advisors, and you and I know some of them. And uh, and he said to this pastor, "It was the prayers. Mm. It was the prayers." This man believes in the power mm -hmm. of prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, on religious matters, he tends to be private. You know, he doesn't right. wear his religion on his sleeve, and that's fine. We're not electing a pastor; we're electing a president. But I know he believes. Mm -hmm. We know he believes. Um, so, uh, friends, if you're just joining us, we're, we're talking with Troy Newman. He's the director of Operation Rescue. Go to operationrescue.org. We'll let him say a little bit about what that is. But I also want to church talk about the church 
and politics because I know, friends, that so many of you are deeply concerned, as we are, about the fact that if we're going to save America, we've got to get the churches uh, uh, talking about politics. We've got to get the churches speaking the word of God into the political realm. want to get Troy's thoughts about that. Uh, but th- tell us about uh, Operation Rescue for those that aren't familiar with it. So people might remember us back in the early 90s, late 80s. We were the group that would sit down in front of the abortion clinic doors and, and peacefully in the, in the realm of uh, the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. get arrested. We were never intended to get arrested, but oftentimes we would, and it would be a trespassing charge. But we would save babies for a day. That's right, because those women couldn't get in to, they, to, we, to have them killed. That's right. We yeah. peacefully sat in between. We intervened in between the abortionist knife and the mom who was seeking an abortion. And thousands upon thousands of women changed their mind. Thousands upon thousands of babies are alive today mm. because of that. Uh, so you, you fast forward to 1994, Clinton is in office. They passed the Freedom to Access Clinic Entrances Act, mm. which is FACE, and it makes it essentially like the fugitive slave law of the Civil War, uh, illegal to sit in front of the doors of abortion clinics. So I said when I took over, uh, let's now put, we were taking these abortion clinics and putting them out of business for a day. Let's put them out of business forever. For good, yeah. It's time for the peaceful Christian rescuers to stop wearing the orange jumpsuits and make the abortion industry wear Wear. the orange jumpsuits. (laughs) Because we know, and and, and you've coined this term and I love it, you cannot practice vice virtuously. Right. You cannot practice vice virtuously. So the same people who are killing innocent children, as we know, as we expose Kermit Gosnell in Pennsylvania, they will not wash their hands. They will not wash the surgical instruments, sometimes Horribly, they will take advantage of these women like Brian Finkel in Arizona on the operating room table while they're under anesthesia. Uh, they will steal money from them. They, it, it, I mean, the, 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 the botched abortions, the live birth abortions, the list is endless of the malfeasance that's inside the abortion industry. So like, you, yeah, like our friend Mark Crutcher says, these are the washouts and losers of the medical profession. No, you don't go to medical school to become an abortionist when right. you can do nothing else. I mean, when you, and, and I don't, no, no offense against podiatrists, maybe that's a great... I mean, when you can no longer be a proctologist, you become an abortionist. Yeah. When, you've, you're, when you're a washout. Yeah. And that's what we found. They're the lowest of the low. They're they not are. the highest and the best. They're not heroes. They're disgusting ghouls who take advantage of women and kill their children. Yeah, so are. if you go to our website, you're going to see tons of 911 calls, botched abortions, abortionists that we put out of business for various reasons, uh, doing things that are illegal, immoral, uh, get their medical licenses revoked, get the, uh, get the health boards after them get uh, the licensing boards after them, get their hospital privileges revoked. Mm. And we've shut down, Mark, we've shut down over 70% of the nation's abortion 70%, yes, since we both got started. Since in 1991, I know these numbers great. In 1991, there are 2,176 abortion clinics. Abortion doesn't happen in hospitals. It's a paramedical thing. No one wants to be part of the abortion That's right. It never got integrated into the the, uh, medical infrastructure of America. So yeah. now there's less than 700. Yeah. That's a reduction by 70%. Look at that. So yeah. Don't listen to the fools and ghouls who tell you something different. Because prayer works, God's an awesome God. He answers our prayer. If we ask him according to his word, uh, which according to his will, he's going to answer those prayers. Does That's he want right. Roe versus Wade to be overturned? Absolutely. Does he want moms spared the horror and trauma of abortion? Absolutely. Does he want babies to get saved? Absolutely. Does he want abortion clinics to close? Absolutely. Yeah. This is why I can say unequivocally. Unequivocally, 
unequivocally, we are winning this fight against child killing in America. We are. We are. Friends, go to OperationRescue.org. You'll be inspired. You'll be informed. You know, many of our audience that deal with uh, addressing corruption in government, let me tell you, friends, and you can verify this, the corruption in the abortion industry, there is nothing like it anywhere. Corruption in government is right, bad. Right, right, right. What you see in the abortion industry even worse. Well, we know the human nature is fatally flawed from the moment of conception that we are we have a sin nature. And apart the apart from the redemption value of Jesus Christ, we will go the way of all other immoral people. So you put a bunch of immoral people in a room, whether it's Congress, a homeowners association, <laughs> if anybody's ever been part of a terrible homeowners association, uh, a voluntary group of people that get together, the worst of people come out. Yeah. And the American Medical Association, uh, uh, together with, uh, I, I can't even mention all the all of the medical associations that endorse and promote and allow abortion, even though it's outside what they all vowed to in the Hippocratic Oath when, when they it when is. they took their oath as a doctor. Well, the churches have to address all this. And, you know, one of the things, as, as you were saying, we have to pray for what God wants. One of the things God wants is godly people in public office. And mm. so many, you and I deal with pastors and churches, and so many don't want to say a word about voting. Right. Address that. How do you see that problem? How do you see overcoming yeah. that problem? So um, the question I pose to people is this. What part of your life is God not in control of? And what part of your life and sphere of influence is Jesus not the king? And the answer is zero. Right. Zero. There's no part of the world, universe, seen and unseen, heavens, seas, and earth, that Jesus is not in complete control over. So why are we not taking dominion over every sphere of influence? Right. When you paint a picture, do it to the glory of God. You know, Michelangelo did it. Right. How do we go from Michelangelo to a banana taped on a wall and that's art? Right. It's a devolution. It's a giving over to the sin nature and a devolving from a Christian society, one that honors God in the Imago Dei, the image of God, the people reflecting the image of God's glory into the cesspool. How do we go from Mozart and beautiful music to Cardi B? Hmm. Okay, how do we go from the founding fathers that were all were at least deists? Most of them were Christians, some of them were deists, but they understood a biblical worldview. That's that, right. That, that you know, we had Lex Rex, Magna Carta, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution in order of history after the Ref Reformation. And they come here, we're going to form this beautiful constitutional government. It's not a democracy, folks. It's a representative republic, republic right. okay, that's based on a constitution. How do we go from that to people like Bernie Sanders, uh, Newsom, Pelosi, that just want to bring in the the, the antithesis yeah. of, of a republic. Right. And so we must have our values reflected in our representatives. Remember, these aren't our lords over us. These aren't our kings. They're our these servants. Are, they're our servants. Yeah. They're our representatives. So mm. when I look at a candidate, I said, does this person represent nine out of my 10 views? Mm. Yeah. And they're better than the guy at the seven out of 10 views or six or five or two or one. We're going to elect the guy that most reflects the views that we want to be enacted in law or reversed in law or reflected in the judges. Mm -hmm. Starting with the most fundamental ones. Well, yeah. the, <laughs> what, well what, did we, what did our founders say in our Declaration of Independence? We looked King George III in the eye. Yeah. We said, listen, you, you, you're, you, you've got a lot of problems and we have rights. Of them, the most important are life, 
liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are unalienable rights, and they come from God, not from King George III. Yeah. Number one is life. You know, I always say on this program, people should reread the Declaration of Independence because we're most familiar with those beautiful words at the beginning and the end that lay out the, right. the, these principles. But the bulk of the document is a litany of the complaints against the king. That is right. And you see, in other words, at the beginning, you see this beautiful expression that you just quoted, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. But then in those individual complaints, you see the violations of those things, right. of those very things. Life itself, the guy was going around killing people, uh, liberty and, and pursuit of happiness. He was interfering with those things, attacking those things very directly, which led these founders to say, listen, we don't we don't want to have a revolution, mm -hmm. but you've left us no choice. You make a great point where they made a good point. It's incumbent upon man to to allow transgressions for a time. But and I'm paraphrasing, but at some point. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Right. And then, like I said, they listen. You're quartering troops. You're hauling us all the way to England to stand trial. We don't have a jury of our peers. You're, tax you're taxing us ruthlessly, mm -hmm. and we have no say in what happens with those taxes. Mm -hmm. you're, you're inscripting our people to go fight foreign wars, and we still don't have any representation. We're not against this necessarily, but we need representation. We need to have a voice. Right. And they, and they said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Yeah, that's right. Well, so a pastor today... You know, who, 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 I mean, if they're paying any attention, they've got to see America. I mean, most people, we got a super majority of Americans mm -hmm. saying the country's going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. right? My so dad that, would say, to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that number is going up of those who finally realize this. And so, how is it that some pastors are so disconnected? It's like America's going to hell, right. and you're standing in the pulpit to do what exactly? Right. You know? Well, some pastors are simply not Christian. I'm just going to lay it right out there. Some some pastors are are more concerned with being liked by their congregation than preaching the whole counsel of God right. and standing for truth. Right. When you look, even Jesus laid the condemnation on the Pharisees. Says, You're, you are the people that killed the prophets of old, there you and go. you stand right. here as witness to that. Right. When you look at all godly men, and uh, you know, present company is definitely not excluded from that. <laughs> has suffered persecution there for telling go. the truth. Right. If you're going to become a pastor, get used to telling the truth, and get used to some rocks being thrown at you. Exactly. That's what some and of you, you you got to do it winsomely. I mean, Francis yes. Schaefer was a great example. Tell the yes. truth. Don't tell the truth just to be a jerk. Right. You know, you can tell it in a winsome manner. You can tell it biblically. But so a lot of pastors are more concerned about their country club membership than they are their church membership. Yeah. Uh, other pastors are simply timid. Other pastors simply are uninformed. Uh, uh, but we do have a fantastic church in America, a vibrant church. I would, I would rather place my bets on the churches, Catholic, Protestant, Lutheran, all the different flavors in, on the churches in America than I would any other country. Mm -hmm. Because yes, we have yes, a foundation yes. that enables us to speak the truth. It, it doesn't yeah. make us speak the truth. It doesn't force us to speak the truth, but enables us. Well, going back to what we started talking about here, our, our, the support that we have both had for President Trump and that we have again in this cycle, mm -hmm. right? We want him back in the White House. Hasn't he been the most explicit an effective president on this very point, as well as on many others, but on this very point of the freedom of the pastors to speak, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? He made right. it clear he was not going to allow the federal government to, to unfairly target us because of what we said in the pulpit. Right. So you might remember that I lost my 501c3 many years ago. Yes, I remember. Uh, during the John Kerry, um, uh, John Roberts uh, 
running for president. I think that was John Kerry. Yeah, John 20, Kerry. 2004. I, yeah, yeah. I'm mixing the two first names up. 2004. So I was audited in 04, 05, 06, 07, 08. And uh, finally, I gave up my C3. They said, you cannot speak politically. And when Trump was uh, running for president, he said, this is ridiculous. He said, That's I right. went into some of these churches. And they said, I can't, you can't, I can't endorse. Yeah, I yeah, can't. Yeah. These people, some of the, the strongest voices in the country are silenced. He goes, this is ridiculous. I never knew about this. And I believe right. him. He That's didn't right. understand. That's right. He says, when I get in office and he signed that executive order. Yeah. That said, but still now, we're still under that same threat with, uh, what, 9,000, 100,000 new, 8 million different IRS agents. Where do you think they're going to come? It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're, they're, they're locked and loaded from the left. I've never met an IRS agent who was a card-carrying Republican uh, Trump supporter. They're, they're, always, yeah. they're yeah. always far left-leaning. Uh, and, and who are they going to come after? They're going to come after people with 501c3s, religious organizations, uh, that uh, basically make uh, the federal government your senior partner. Yeah. And, right. and anybody has right. got a 501c3, essentially, the, uh, Uncle Sam is your senior partner, and they have a lot of sway and, and pull in your organization. Yeah. Well, friends, for material for the churches to encourage your pastors to get more active and vocal politically, you can always go to our website, ProLifeVote.com, ProLifeVote.com, and you'll see plenty of material there for the churches. And you'll also see a reference to the actual uh, uh, speech that President Trump gave when he uh, when he said we're not going to enforce that, that Johnson Amendment, as it's called, to try to stifle the voices of the churches and of C3 organizations. So let's pray now, now that we, we've had this good discussion, touch on a lot of important points. Um, why don't I invite you to pray? We can pray for uh, all the things we've talked about, the work you do at Operation Rescue, the, the, the churches, mm -hmm. this upcoming election. Uh, and then after you pray, I'll pray, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together Amen. as we conclude. I like that. Let's pray. Father, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, the one who went to Calvary and spread out his arms and gave up his life so that we might live. He went to the grave, but then he rose again and sits at your right hand. And according to Psalm 110, is placing all enemies under his feet. Lord, we are your instruments. We pray that, uh, as the psalmist said, you train our hands to make war righteously, destroy the works of the devil, which include the abortion clinics the abortionists, and all the purveyors of death. Lord, your word says that those who hate God love death, and we see it everywhere. So we rebuke them in Jesus' name. We ask you to deal with them in your holy justice, that you would bring America back to life, L-I-F-E, back to life both physically and spiritually, but also that's going to start with a big political revival. So we pray for those who have already set their hands to the plow and that are plowing the ground of righteousness, that they, both in Washington, D.C., and in the state houses and on the local level, all the way down to code enforcement uh, people, Lord, that you would grant them your spirit to do what is right in the political sphere so that we can begin to see America bless God again. And thank you, Lord, for this time of, uh, of conversation. Thank you, Lord, for all those who will be standing up uh, in the pulpits, in the voting booth, those who will be working to register voters, and those who are running for office. And bless in particular uh, President Trump. Uh, continue to, uh, Lord, give him the uh, strength of mind and strength of conviction 
to enable him to pursue uh, the the America first policies that he uh, that not only embraces, but that he has so successfully implemented in his historic uh, presidential administration. Uh, we pray that our country will have the, the wisdom uh, to see the kind of leaders that we need and to elect them uh, into a public office. And now, Lord, we pray in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Troy Newman, Director of Operation Rescue. Always great to, great be with to you, have friend. you with us. Yes, Thanks sir. for all your, your insights. And, and friends, once again, OperationRescue.org. Uh, you, uh, you won't regret it. But taking some time, uh, explore that website. And, and friends, connect with me on social media. FR Frank Pavone is the address. So make sure you have your, we, we're grateful to Getter for broadcasting these programs. Make sure you have your Getter account, uh, Truth Social, of course. Uh, and thanks to Right Side Broadcasting. Follow them too at RSB Network. We're grateful for this partnership with them in broadcasting this program. So tell other people about our program, Praying for America, and we will join you again tomorrow. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.